Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports to the max here on a Friday night, Timberwolves Idol. It is All-Star Weekend in the NBA, and uh, Timberwolves... uh, Shot from outside the arc like they needed a break. Uh, they ended up falling to Toronto in uh, the final game uh, before the break. 103-91. Alan Horton sent out a tweet about some of their numbers uh, from downtown. And uh, they certainly were not good. But the Timberwolves are still in a good position as they come out of the break. And then the stretch drive and... Uh, Look like they're going to be a playoff team, top six, still in reach. And joining us to talk uh, about the Timberwolves here at the break, Chris Hine covers the team for the Star Tribune. Chris, how are you? I'm good, Steve. How are you doing? Good. I, I saw that number from Allen uh, fo- following that game with Toronto, and it kind of laid out you know, their, their struggles from the outside. And, and typically that's the way it goes for most NBA teams. If, if you're going to shoot that badly, from the outside, you're going to have trouble. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you hear the phrase "it's a make or miss league" a lot, and yeah. uh, when you're when you're not hitting threes, especially in a league that's three point heavy, you're going to struggle. You know, they got by Tuesday night against Charlotte thanks to a, a you know a big fourth quarter and overtime from Carl Anthony Towns, but they just uh, they did look like they had very little left in the tank on Wednesday. So, I think the uh, all-Star break is coming at a good time for them to kind of recharge uh, for the final 20-plus games of the season here. Yeah, and they come out of the break, and they have a tough team uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies at Target Center on Thursday night, and then they welcome Philadelphia uh, the, the, the following night. So they got uh, pretty tough back-to-back right out of the All-Star break. But for, for the Timberwolves, the concern as much as anything uh, over a long haul or a longer haul leading into the break, wasn't so much a three-point shooting, but was just in general the way they were playing defensively, that it that it became a struggle, that one of the brighter spots early in the season or uh, when they kind of surged into playoff contention was that they were playing good defense, but that, that fell off. Yeah, it did. Uh, you know, they, they were felt to kind of the middle of the pack, uh, towards the back of the pack even, for stretches there in the month of February. You know, I think it, it, defense can be kind of a thing that ebbs and flows throughout the season. Um, they're trying to incorporate uh, some different coverages as well and not be so one-dimensional like they were earlier in the season because I think they're they're trying to take the long view here of the season. And, you know, the more varied and, and multidimensional that you can be on defense uh, down the stretch and into the postseason – the better off you're going to be because you'll be able to tackle different matchups uh, that, that you face. So I think that's part of the plan here. So, so you're seeing some growing pains with some of their more switch-heavy schemes that they're deploying right now. 
Um, but it's I, I, it's all kind of with an eye towards the postseason. Uh, you know, should they uh, be able to to get into the actual playoffs and not just the play-in tournament? So, you know, I think they're going to be a little stubborn here and try to stick with stick with kind of the plan going forward here with some of this stuff. Um, we'll see if, if fresh legs coming out of the break and, and guys maybe getting a little healthier maybe helps that along as well. Yeah, and the good news is is that they have a pretty nice cushion uh, in the top ten. That you know you got Portland at in the ten spot, San Antonio in the eleven spot. So you know they're in good position there as they come out of the All Star break. But ahead of them are some pretty solid teams in Denver and Dallas and Utah. Uh, in reality, and really, it's only Dallas and Denver that are within reach or in realistic reach uh, for the Timberwolves coming out of the break. And for them, I think having that goal of not looking in the rearview mirror but looking ahead and trying to get into the top six is really a noble goal. And to be at that point as we head for late February, I think Timberwolves fans have to be satisfied with that. I think so. I mean, you know, they've taken a step forward this season, kind of no matter how you slice it. Yep. Um, so for, from that end of things, they've, they've definitely taken a, a, a bit of a jump. Um, you know, like you said, they, they have spoken about this goal of trying to get into the top six, which would avoid the play-in tournament, and that's what they should be focused on right now. Um, it's just, I think it's going to be very tough because I think Denver and Dallas, like they play, they still play very good basketball. Jokic is, is determined to not let Denver slip too far. Um, and I think they might be getting some, some help along the way in terms of some of their injured players coming back. Uh, Dallas continues to win. Um, they may, you know, they traded Kristaps Porzingis at the deadline, but you know, they, they continue to win going into the break and you know, they're, they're, a few games ahead of the Wolves right now. And, you know, you look at the schedule, there's not a lot of basketball left uh, in the nope. season here, relatively speaking. Like, we, I think we're at 23 games or so left, maybe. That's I, right. If I remember correctly, yep. 23 games left. So it's not a ton of time to make up a lot of ground. Um, you're going to have matchups against some of those teams ahead of you as well, so you, you just got to keep winning. But, you know, Dallas, right before the, the All-Star break, you know, went into, I think they went into Miami. I know they beat Miami. I forget if they were uh, on the road or not. But, you know, they posted a very nice win against Miami. Um, you know, Denver continued to win. And then the Wolves had basically everybody available to them on Wednesday night. Toronto didn't have Fred Van Vliet. They're all they're all star, and the Wolves lost to the Raptors. So you, if you if you have an eye on the sixth seed, you can't be losing games like that, especially when those teams ahead of you keep winning. Yeah, um, and there there has been this trend with the Timberwolves, and when I've been on for Henry on Timberwolves tonight, following home games or, or road games doesn't matter. When when the Timberwolves have played games like that, or they get lackadaisical defensively, there, there's this sense where they, they play well or win a couple of games and they start feeling good about themselves, and then they take a step back. And that that's still a trend, and, and I get it. There, there's a lot of younger players or, or players that haven't been in this situation before. So it is part of it, understanding that, you know, you, you win two or three in a row and, 
you're you're getting away with some things, you you can still get burned, and that that I guess is what's frustrating, and why the Timberwolves are still in the spot they are, and you know aren't with the likes of Phoenix or Golden State or Memphis and Utah, where where they're solidly in the top four in the NBA's Western Conference. To me, that is a difference where you know they 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 don't fall into that trap where they they start patting themselves on the back and start feeling good about themselves and and take a night off. Yeah, I I think they've gotten a little better at that. It's not as bad as it was, especially last year, where they would win a game and then it would be like they would lose two or three more before they would find the motivation to to have the urgency to win again. Um, I, I think they've gotten a little better at it, but you're right, I think... You know, just just with the urgency of a night like Wednesday night, you know, Patrick Beverly uh, came into the post-game press conference, and, you know, sometimes after losses, he actually strikes an optimistic tone. He was very disappointed in that Wednesday game because I think he, he realized that that was a game that they should have had, that they let slip away, um, and that, you know, again, and he made the point that if, if you're trying to catch the Denvers and the Dallases of the world, that's the game you need to win. That's the game you need to put in the win column, no matter how well you might have played. And they did have a good February overall, um, or they have had a good February overall. So, you know, that's that's the, diff- that's the difference between being the seventh seed and the sixth seed, because I think that there is a, a, a separation in, in quality of team once you, you know, I, I think you're right, maybe the top four. Utah's been slipping. They've had some injuries of late. Um but I think there is a demarcation between like kind of the top four, you know, Dallas and Denver there. And then I think you draw another line between Denver and the Wolves. Cause I think the Wolves, you know, before they get to 60, they have to actually prove that they, they belong in that class of team. And, and I don't think that they've quite done that yet. Yeah. There, there have been some positives as well that stand out in Carl Anthony Towns, you know, taking over games late, is is a very good sign, and um, I, I think fans are comfortable. You you, you got to get the ball to Cat in in the fourth quarter with the game on the line, and um, that that has seemed to pay dividends this season as much as anything. That Cat has has really stepped up, and you know everyone knows how good he is. He's an NBA All Star reserve. I mean, uh, he he's not under the radar, but it seems more and more. Cat's willing to really step up in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you saw that on, on Tuesday night for sure. Um, you know, I, I think one of the things that's that's been, and I'm going to write about this for Sunday's paper coming up here, is one of the things that I think has been impressive about Towns' season this year is basically whatever the Wolves have needed him to do on on either end of the floor, whether it's to shoot from the outside, to, to play down low, to play from the high post, you know, on defense, it's to, to guard the high wall, to, to maybe play in a more traditional drop scheme. It's like whatever they've asked him to do, he's been able to do and, and do well. And I think that's been, I think it's one of the reasons why he's back in the all-star game. Um, even though he, in previous years, he's had the numbers to back it up. What he's done this year and, and what they've asked him to do has contributed more to winning than at any point in his recent career, I feel like, because he's, he's been selfless in that way. He's, he's done what they, what they need him to do at any given, on any given night. And I think, you know, they, the team appreciates, I think, I think people around the league appreciate that out of his game this year. And that's why he's in the all-star game on Sunday night. 
um, for for the Timberwolves going forward, if they have any hope, it's going to be more consistency from a couple other players. D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards really stand out for me, Chris. That you know, some nights great, and and some nights it's like, yeah, they're they're not helping Cat out. Now other players have stepped up. Malik Beasley's had his moments, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards over the final twenty three are going to have to have more good nights than bad. Absolutely. Um, you know, and you, you saw it the other night. They did not play well. Yeah. <laughs> Either of them played well in, the, in that game against Toronto. And what happened? The Wolves lost. Um, so, you know, with Russell, you know, he, look, he's going he's gonna to have those nights where he goes two for 12, right? Like, that's just – that's kind of part of the D'Angelo Russell experience at this point. You just have to hope that those nights are – fewer and farther between than they have been at other points in his Wolves tenure. Um, and I think he's, he's, he's done a, a decent job this year of, of, of spacing those out. Um, Anthony Edwards, on the other hand, the, the number one thing I'll be watching with him coming out of the break is, you know, just how healthy is he at this point? You know, he sprained his ankle on Tuesday night, tried to give it a go on Wednesday, you know, didn't look the same, um, you know, and one area where he was affected by an injured knee was finishing. You know, it didn't quite have the same lift and, and ability to finish that he did when he had an injured knee. When he rolled his ankle on Tuesday, I wonder, you know, I wonder if the same thing is true where he may, might not have quite the, quite the explosiveness and lift that he would like to have around the rim to, to finish some of these drives that he has. So I'll be, I'll be curious to see how he comes out of the break. Um, and honestly, you know, it, it'll be uh, it, it'll be fascinating to watch Edwards as the games get really competitive. How does he respond to you know kind of playoff atmosphere basketball? If they get to the you know get to a playing spot, get to a playoff series, how does he respond when when teams are really game planning for him, honing in on him? What are his counters? What does he do to respond? You know, in his second year in the league, that to me is going to be some of the most fascinating parts of of the season here. And it's, you know, even if it doesn't go well, it's a real opportunity for growth for him uh, in year two. And I think that's that's one of the things to watch down the stretch here is what do they get from Anthony Edwards and how does he respond to the league uh, really trying to load up on him? And two very good teams coming out of the break. Thursday night, the 24th, Target Center, Memphis in town, John Moran, and then uh, Embiid in on Friday night in the 76ers. That's like a wicked back-to-back uh, coming out of the one. All-Star break. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll be great basketball, though, if, you know, to, to see in person for sure. I, I'm looking forward to both of them, absolutely. Yeah, and I would expect uh, good crowds at Target Center both nights for those. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris, always good to visit with you. I enjoy your work and your time on the radio, whether you join us uh, here or you visit with Henry. Always good to chat with you. Always a pleasure, Steve. Thank you so much. All right, there he is, Chris Hine, covers the Timberwolves uh, for the Star Tribune online at startribune.com. And okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.